This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada has been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years. With their up-and-running program, you can access eBay's 180-plus million buyers in 190 countries around the world. With up-and-running, there are no listing fees on up to 200 listings per month, and you only pay fees when you sell. As part of the eBay community, you get real-time advice and inspiration and access to powerful selling tools and insights. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running, stay local and sell global. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Phil Wilson of Canada's podcast. Today I'm going to introduce you to Sean Hoff, who is co-founder and managing partner of Monica Corporate Retreats. So Sean, welcome to Canada's podcast. Let's kick off by, you know, letting everyone know who Sean Hoff is. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and about your company, uh, you know, what you're doing at the moment kind of thing. Sure. Uh, So my name is Sean Hoff. I am the managing partner of a company called Moniker. Pre-COVID, we did corporate retreats, off-sites, meetings, things like that, incentive trips. Um, and then, of course, COVID drastically changed our plans towards uh, with, with the restrictions on travel. Um, and so since then, in the last four or five months, uh, we have pivoted the company into the virtual world, uh, applying the same learnings that we had in, in designing in-person team building to the virtual space. Uh, and so now our company is focused on uh, creating online experiences aimed at remote teams and uh, helping companies basically engage with their with their employees online. Have you, have you been able to kind of correct the, the COVID? I mean, it is still travel, you know, the, the COVID crunch, if you like. Yeah, I mean, the first few months, it was it was definitely, we were still kind of gearing up and, and getting the business up and online and the virtual side of it. Uh, but over the past two months, we, we've reached a, a point where we're actually now operating um, with, with the profit margin that, that even regardless of wage subsidy or not, uh, we're able to, it's a sustainable business model now. So it'll be interesting what happens when we get back to travel as well, because for us, what's, what's interesting is that we've almost essentially created a whole new division that will definitely stick around for, for the long term. That's what I, the people that have done it right. That's what I'm hearing that really, you know, they created something that maybe COVID has some good part to it because it's forced us to think a little bit differently and run businesses in parallel, basically. So it's kind of interesting. How long have you been an entrepreneur? Uh, well, we started Moniker in 2013, so this will be seven years coming up on eight. You know, I know you were a banker before. What made you become an entrepreneur? It's a little different, especially, you know, the, the travel sort of side of things. The reason I went into banking was originally that job promised a lot of opportunity to travel and live abroad. Uh, and then when I was in it, I realized very quickly that the they day-to-day routine and the grind of it, I, it didn't suit me. I wasn't passionate about it. And I, I had worked in the travel space previously mm-hmm. and I missed it. Although I definitely had the angle that I wanted to create something of my own and my own vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a few years working at the bank, I realized, what do I have to lose? I was at an age where, you know, you can take those kind of those risks without too much of a problem if it doesn't work out. And so I branched out at 28 years old 
-hmm. and started moniker and it just it was a, a pursuit of a passion of travel but at the same time it was to create something that i really believed in uh, and so it worked out very well so you've been being an entrepreneur long enough to be able to answer this question really well i would think you know what's the best thing or the best things that you found about being an entrepreneur versus an employee <laughs> I think that the number one thing is that you get to shape your own destiny in terms of what the company looks like, what the values are, what the culture is like, uh, what type of clients you work with, the employees that you hire to work with as your colleagues. I think also hand in hand with it being positive and negative is that you face all of the ups and downs that go with it, the highs and the lows. Uh, the wins are bigger and the losses are more personal. Uh, so I do definitely enjoy kind of the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur and leading, trying to lead a company to growth and to being a sustainable business for the long run. But at the same time, uh, it obviously brings with it some serious obstacles and hiccups along the way, which only teach you lessons and make you stronger. Good question for you at this time. What, what do you see as the future of your industry, which is really, you know, a specialized travel well, the reason that we got into what we do has always been about helping companies build strong cultures, uh, regardless of whether or not it was in person or whatever. Um, it just so happened that doing it in person was obviously easier and, mm -hmm. and more effective. So what I see the future of our business uh, and in, in its place in the greater industry is I think companies having gone through COVID and having had the team split up and work, work from home have probably realized and acknowledged more so than before how important it is to keep your employees together, engaged, and build that sense of camaraderie. Uh, so going forward, yes, we will we will continue to work work on helping companies and clients work engage their employees in the in the real space when travel returns. But at the same time, uh, I also see this being a very important piece of our business going forward, having the, the virtual engagement as well. What's I mean, apart from COVID, what's been the greatest challenge? over the last six years so that you've been running running the business i think the challenge in the travel industry is that the winds are always shifting companies 10 years ago 10 years ago google set set a standard for how to be a cool company and how to to really talk the talk and walk the walk on culture when they started introducing you know unique offices with beanbag chairs and xboxes Seven or eight years ago, Facebook became the leader in, in culture and, and cool offices when they started introducing free daycare and free lunch and breakfast. And then a few years ago, companies started becoming the cool cultures when they started investing in their employees directly and doing the retreats. And so we've been very fortunate in terms of timing to have coincided with that trend and that mm -hmm. growing importance and investment placed on and companies investing in their in their people through retreats. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, I mean, as you can imagine, it's completely shifted the other direction. And we just have to go with where the wind is blowing right now and figure out that at this moment, uh, the emphasis is, is moving online. And so we've had to adapt in quite a hurry. Um, and, and there's no telling when the real travel will return and how it will look and how it will affect our previous business. Uh, when it does come back. You know, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? That's a great question, Philip. I think the advice I would give my 20-year-old self would be trust your gut and don't stay as long in a job that you weren't that crazy about to begin with. Mm 
I think I probably learned quite a lot in five years working in the banking industry that was very valuable and helpful and just taught me maturity to to move on and move forward with with building a company now. But at the same time, I also feel like there was just as much passion and gusto to start it had I left a few years earlier. Uh, I think I would have probably told myself, don't be afraid to pursue it, even if you don't think you're ready yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and who knows? Who knows where it would have been? And also <laughs> expect that some things are going to cut out of your control are going to come and completely blow your roof off. So prepare, but you'll never be prepared. You know, on the same way, slightly different, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? There are two phrases or, or mottos that stand out that I think I, I refer to often, uh, and they're, they're related. The first one is, a ship in harbor uh, is, is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. And the second one is calm seas don't make for a skilled sailor. Mm -hmm. So I think what I pull out of those two comments is the more you put yourself out there, uh, take on challenges and expose yourself to risk, uh, the more comfortable and confident you will be at uh, embracing it and navigating it, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what, what you face. Uh, so both of those have been very important in shaping how I approach risk. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is powering Canadian small businesses. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running to open your new global e-commerce business. So I'm going to move on to what I term the rapid fire questions, which is, uh, you know, I want you to answer reasonably quickly. If you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you be working at instead? I don't think it would have been a banker based on what you said, but it may be. I would either run a small hotel in Tuscany, or I would have loved to be an architect and design hotels. Uh, what book are you currently reading and listening to, whichever? Patrick Lencioni, The Ideal Team Player. Oh. A great, great book on team and culture. A any other that you would really, that sort of, you know, we've all read those books that, are, that stay with us. Any, any others apart from that? Well, I mean, for work, we're, we're actually, I'm just reading right now, 12 Angry Men, which is a play from the 50s, yeah, which is... Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's quite relevant. And we're actually, we're trying to adapt that play into our next concept for, for a virtual team oh. kind of game. That, um, that'd be really fun, yeah. I, I, but, re but reading I through the case right now of the play, yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah. extremely relevant. Are you a morning or a nighttime person? 100% night. <laughs> I go to bed, at, I, I do my best work usually when most people are, are, have gone to bed and, and in the morning I need a, probably an you're, hour or two I would to say catch up. It's about 80% morning to 20% at night, but the night people are like, they're definitely the night people. You know my, I mean? my best work is done after 9 p.m. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? I would go with tenacious. I think a lot of people thought I was insane to quit a job in the banking industry and start a travel company. And there's been a lot of challenges thrown my direction since then. Uh, even just the way I operate at work or just with my colleagues, I think uh, there's a tenacity of just constantly trying to just push and insist and persist your way through no matter mm -hmm. what the obstacles are. So I think it's paid off for me, but it also can rub some feathers the wrong way. 
<laughs> well, I think tenacious is is a definite entrepreneurial trait. Apart from COVID and maybe Mr. Trump, what's keeping you up at night these days? Another great question. Um, apart from Trump and COVID, what is keeping me up these days? <laughs> maybe that's maybe there's nothing else. Bad. I mean, it's, it's a very it's a very uh, political answer, but just the the general direction. That as you watch the news around the world, the general direction that uh, what used to be a sense of growing community around the world and global cooperation seems mm-hmm. to be trending the opposite direction, mm-hmm. uh, with more and more countries closing their doors and looking inwards as opposed to outwards with their hand extended. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does keep me up. Uh, what, what does 20 years look like? Yeah, it's, uh, I get you. You know, and this is a great question for you, a travel guy, because uh, you're more qualified than most of us. What's your favorite place in the world? Oh, Philip, that's a hard question to ask. <laughs> no, that's why, I'm, that's why I want to hear your answer. It, it depends on the mood. Uh, if, I'm, if I want to eat uh, and, and see great architecture and just, just revel in life, you can't beat the south of Italy. Uh, if I want to party and I want to go vibrant and, and walk the streets, you can't beat Colombia or Brazil. Um, but if you want to get outdoors and explore a bit of nature uh, and go for a hike, there's something about Iceland which really appeals to me. I would have said the south of France was the first one, but that's just, that's just me. I prefer the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> what are your three non-negotiables in your, let's say, your evening routine? Because you seem to be a nighttime guy. Three non-negotiables in the evening routine. Uh, number one. Uh, always have to fit in uh, a workout or some exercise before dinner. Mm-hmm. Two, good food. Uh, I cook a lot, and I think it's important to it's it's just as much my meditation or my yoga to sit and cook. And then I think the third is turn off the TV. Uh, I try to avoid as much as possible to watch TV or shows or anything, mm-hmm. read or 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 do work or something yeah, else. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's happening a lot more with COVID because. TV's been so garbage. Um, I think that the, uh, there's a, a lot more people going back to reading. And certainly, I know, I know there's a podcast, and a lot more people listen to podcasts for sure. And again, it's a bit of a travel one, and I'm kind of chuckling to think what your answer is going to be. I don't know whether you actually made it to the end of the other podcast, but uh, we, we have our, you know, our desert island thing at the end of it, which basically says, there's a small tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only a f- one phone booth, okay, and, and no internet. We drop you off there, no technology. At any time, you can use the phone booth to make one call back to the boat where we are to pick you up. How long would you last, and what would you do? I think I would last... A- pretty decent amount of time. I mean, in terms of if I'm stranded on a desert island, I think I, I could probably figure out how to survive and, and make a way for myself for at least a few weeks, maybe a few months. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think after a while, you just miss human contact and, and just being with other people. So what would I do? I would use the time to see if I could make it, uh, to figure out how to live and use the time to think and meditate on a whole bunch of, of things that are, are in my life. Uh, but eventually, I, I would say probably after a month or two, I, I would get a bit homesick and, and want to return to, to civilization. You know what, Sean? 
That's half an hour already. That's a that, that, that's a that's amazing. Sorry, it was a really good, really really interesting little, little interview. And thank you very much for coming coming on. How can you know people listen to these things? Uh, uh, how can people get a hold of you online? Oh, they can just reach me at our, our, my email. Uh, it's Sean S E A N at MonikerPartners.com, same as our website. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am happy to chat with anybody about the topic of entrepreneurship, travel, or just catch up about what they would do on a deserted island and how long they would last. Well, once again, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate that. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years, and their up and running program is getting Canadian businesses online today. Visit ebay.ca forward slash up and running. Stay local and sell global with eBay.